4: rest in peace. Where are you right now? You look like you're in like a like a gypsy like sort of I'm, uh like a fortune teller place.
1: I'm back in my <laughs> I'm back in my doily material
4: storage unit. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm We're back in I'm back in Stockton not at my oh, house in Stockton. Okay, yeah. All right. You own in Stockton? I mean, I could own in Stockton. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've had a house here since 2008. Okay.
4: So is that just, do you feel like an obligation to the people like that are like, man, you fucking change, you see me valley motherfucker? And you're like, bro, I still own in Stockton. Meanwhile, it's like your mortgage payment is probably like 25 cents a month. So, (laughs) but but you're like, I still own there. I've owned there since 2008, brother. I got a house in Stockton, brother. You know that.
1: That's right. And (laughs) I'm continuing to serve the community because that house helps the community yeah. and uh well, folks it looks that like it looks like home,
4: shit you rent it out to people this, you, is it like free
1: well, well, well this is not the home that okay. i own i All am i'm right. in my family's home a different okay. home
4: All right well i'm just yeah. saying you so, you you're definitely maybe one of maybe those next people.
1: time maybe next time we'll do the podcast from my house house out on the out on the river well, a little morning little morning river okay. view for it. how about imagine- we do
3: it make it an airbnb for yeah. the fans of the podcast
1: yeah why we, not we 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 can do that we can absolutely do that yeah well you you're jealous because you don't have waterfront property in stockton pal sorry <laughs> no
4: i was just i i closed my eyes and i imagine what a river in stockton must look like and it looks like chocolate milk just free, like a little bit free, thinner. free
1: flowing <laughs> yeah. welcome to wonka welcome to wonka land baby
4: uh Joey's here. Jake's here Dallas is here. Jake's Jake's physically here. I don't know that he's mentally present today because uh is the morning after the Bruins lost game seven. I felt horrible. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I don't actually don't answer this. I was going to say, you know, yeah, I, do team, know. I do know. Um, I
1: do know. I do know. So let me tell my, you, Joel, my shoulder, little soggy today. Little soggy today is my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: The, my my dad and my sister are huge Bruins fans. Um, my dad's very smart, though. Like he can he can sniff stuff out. Like when he says it's over, it's over. And he said it was over after like game six. He was like, I'm not even watching. game seven. <laughs> Um, he did, but he knew it was over and, uh, yeah, my sister was not, not happy last night. I like, it was one of those, uh, (laughs) like you you just, it's, it's so uncomfortable that you feel paralyzed. Like you, you don't want to move because you don't want to like, it's almost like in like a nightmare when you're being chased and you just, you're like, like paralyzed, frozen because you don't want to be detected. Like, that's what the vibe was like in the house last night. I felt horrible for everyone involved. But I mean, I, I, I would say hockey's probably my second favorite sport, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't care about it as nearly as much as they do. So, but I've been there. Like, we've all had our playoff loss moments where it's, it's, it feels like the death of a family member. Like, what? What for you, Joey? Was the worst playoff loss where it felt like that, where you like felt like you were on the verge of tears? I fucking
3: cried my eyes out, bro. When the Braves—I was like six, dude. We lost to like the we lost to Roy Oswalt and the Astros. Two thousand five, yeah. Roy
1: Oswalt. <A's>
3: that <laughs> was the game. But uh, that one and losing to the Cardinals, like fifteen to zero in the first inning.
4: 2019. Uh, oh yeah, was was, terrible. Was that 19 or 18? That was 19. Yeah. That was bad. Just knowing that it's over before it even really starts, that's yes. got to be that's got to be a tough feeling. Because especially was that was that a one game playoff? No, that was game 5. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you when you play an entire season, like that's why I felt so bad for Bruins fans. You play an entire season where you're just fucking waiting for the playoffs to start, and then they start, and that's what you get. It's like, oh my god, best. Like I would, I would have rather come within two games of the record than be considered the best regular season hockey team in NHL history, only to be up three one and up in game seven and then lose. Uh, Dallas, you have plenty of options to pick from. Uh what would you say was your worst like rip rip it out of my heart uh feeling and as a fan?
1: Uh well <clears throat> as a fan, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go O2 Giants. I mean, mm-hmm. watching watching <laughs> watching the utter collapse
4: mm-hmm. of the San Francisco Giants. Was it a collapse, though? Or was it just like a failure to get the job done? Because it it wasn't it, like they it were was, up big in the series.
1: They were up. The, the game was over. They should have won the game. Game's done. Done. We're all done with this. We're now going to be world champs now. And that just didn't fucking happen. Mm. Just did not happen. Yeah, you got and Tim Sandman. Yeah, it left Barry Bonds having one of the fucking <laughs> most awesome moments in postseason. And just meaning nothing like oh cool remember that homer he hit that's really what it boils down to and it should be do you remember in the clinching game where barry hit a fucking ball so uh-huh. hard and so far and instead it's just like hey remember the remember that homer though that he hit
5: and where fucking Troy Gloss and jim samuel that's the farthest ball I've ever seen. do you
4: know what he hit in that world series uh No, I don't. 471 with a 1294 uh, slug. His OPS. (laughs) His OPS was a year. It was 1994. That was his OPS. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Yeah, so that sucked. Watching K-Rod just fucking dance all over the grave. Watching this dude just come in spinning ungodly fucking sliders that nobody had seen before. Yeah. Yeah that her fucking electric yellow or orange glasses, whatever they were, that whole fucking bullpen coming out. Percival, all those guys just spitting and snarling.
4: Yeah. Who was the other bro- dude as part of that pen? Broke my heart. He ended up in Boston. Uh, Don, Donnelly. No.
1: Yeah. Brendan Donnelly.
4: Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other fuck, uh, Scott. Uh, why do I fucking remember all Scott the angels.
1: Sh- Scott, yeah, Scott Shields. Scott Shields,
4: yes, mm-hmm. I loved Scott Shields. Angels had yeah, some nasty. fucking good relievers back in the day,
1: dude. They were they trust me, like <laughs> we. That's why those battles were just like fuck, man. Really, like Joe Saunders, big yeah. lefty, was dealing sinker, right slider. You got fucking the Dream Weaver. Like you're dealing with fucking Weaver, really? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. fucking comes ninety six, just little cut, little a little change piece, gonna dominate you. There was no getting, there was like no getting out of harm's way with those arms. Because once the starter was done, then here
4: comes these fucking guys. <laughs> I'm pretty, like, pretty sure Lackey God. was coming out of the pen as like a rookie in that series.
1: No, Lackey. Uh, no, he made a start. He I did think. make a start, Lackey, but I
4: think he yeah. was, it was one of those like he, he was a starter coming out of the pen.
1: It was it was the day I fell in love with John Lackey. The day after his start. And they interview. Or it might have been the night of his start, and they interviewed him. And they're like, "Oh, you know, young guy. Like, is this something?" He was like, "The same game." No, Noth- that's not what he sounds like. He said, "I'm not scared. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not scared of said. nothing. I'm not scared of nothing." And I was just like, "Ooh, ooh, fuck yeah!" This yeah. dude don't give a fuck. I no. mean, I was like sixteen or whatever it was, but I was like, "Yeah, mm. yeah." I think that was my first like realization that other, that, like a big leaguer was going to forwardly display an amount of fuck you that I could gauge. And he was just a young big leaguer at the time. So I was like,
4: I like this dude. I yeah. like this dude. Lackey was good shit. He got a raw <laughs> deal in Boston. I mean, he, he came over here and I think statistically in 2011, he had the highest ERA in baseball history for the amount of innings that he pitched. It was for like, anyone that's pitched 180 innings, it was the highest ERA in baseball history, but he was hurt and he was trying to like justify the contract that the Red Sox gave him. So, he pitched hurt in 2011, got clipped, missed all of 2012, and then in 2013 comes back and has the redemption tour and is a big piece of that Red Sox World Series championship and he got like the standing ovation at the end. And like, you could tell he was going to be like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like I, I did this for my teammates. I didn't do it for you fucking assholes. You Dunkin Donuts, drinking motherfuckers. <laughs>
1: yeah. You've been crushing me the whole time. I've been getting lit out here trying to leave my arm on the mound for you assholes. Yeah. And you
4: just bury me daily. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got a raw he- deal. It's tough. Um, Dallas, did you see, you did see, cause I saw you, you made a comment and I know that it was from a, a place of, of uh, uh, you being upset about the Oakland A's, the situation. What? The stand- yeah, what? I, I threw out the first pitch on Saturday morning at uh, Linfield Little League opening day, and you made oh, some disparaging yeah. comments.
1: No, I, I, I legitimately asked a question because, yeah. as I typically do, Jared, I wake up and I scour your social media. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I saw that post, I was like, oh, great. I, I love to see my buddy growing the game and doing things organically with the children. And yeah. I wanted to see the picture, but I happened to just be thumbing through it quickly. And I'm sorry, but you didn't exactly jump off the page. So it was tough for me to figure out where you were in the photo surrounded by small children. So I just simply asked, Hey, which one are you? And then <laughs> I was just trying to like, maybe you could be like, Oh, I'm that's- the one in the hoodie or I'm the one with, you know, and that's, that's not, that's not how you took it, though. Apparently,
4: yeah. No, I'm I'm almost six feet tall, and these these <laughs> kids were these kids were under five feet. So, well,
1: th- well, th- then it was the depth of the camera, right? And that's what turned <laughs> me the off. The
4: depth of the camera, this is just.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, how was that? Was that
4: fun? Yeah, I mean, the kids look at look. Kids were loving it. <laughs> kids were loving it. They <laughs> they. uh <laughs> I mean, I, the the first pitch itself was about eight feet high over the left-handed hitter's batter's box. But if you watch the video back, little man in gold starts running across the diamond as I'm throwing the pitch. So if I throw a strike there, that's that's a, that's a bad scene, and you you don't want
1: you that. teach a lesson.
4: Teach yeah, a so, lesson. Well, I I gotta go high there. I gotta go high. I I don't. Admittedly, no, you tell
1: the kid to get get the hell off the range when we're live. I mean we're you get fucking a, firing right now, but you
4: cannot be downrange. I know, that's what I'm saying. You gotta keep him on a leash or something like that. But yeah, first pitch was nice. Nice little field. Get to meet some people in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, it was my first time throwing a first pitch since I did it at Fenway Park and Red Sox Yankees, mm. Sunday baseball. Um Hey uh Jared,
1: what's the single mom population like in Saugus? I would imagine fairly high. It's
4: Linfield, not Saugus.
1: Oh, Linfield. Like, well, I would imagine in that whole metropolitan area. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's some
4: single moms out here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going just to give you a little advice. Yeah. I would make that Little League first pitch tour. A thing if I were you. Just, <laughs> <Yeah. I'm just. laughs>
4: I mean, I, I needed some better weather though. Like I had to wear like my No
1: hoodie. no 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 Jared. Jared fucking soup weather, great, great single little
4: league mom weather. S- single moms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. listen, I'm available. Uh send me send me an email, Dallas at Oakland dot com. That's my that's my little league uh, first pitch managers email. Uh and, and I'm on a tour. I'm on a tour right now. So yeah, you should capitalize on that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like there's there's a lot of pressure in throwing out at first, but maybe not a, a little league game. Like I I'm not I wasn't as uh cognizant of my surroundings for, for that one. But you know, you go yeah. to like a minor league game, it's like you like there's there's probably people in the dugout that are like, fuck this motherfucker, man. Like like I'm actually a professional baseball player and like this fucking guy. Like, why does anyone give a shit about this? But at the little league, they're just kids for the kids. It's all for the kids.
1: That's it. That's who you're doing it for. Mm -hmm. Growing the Waco. Yeah.
4: This baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. And right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Join the big league action right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any bet. Get $150 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Uh, Jake. You may have noticed that I skipped you on the what is the most heartbreaking loss? I don't know like where you would put this one last night. Uh, I don't like it's got to be what top three? It's a bad one, Bruins wise, but Bruins are my third favorite team. So in terms of all time, like Red Sox take the cake mostly. Which which loss hurts the most? Uh, like, I was 14, I think, for the 2011 collapse. And I just remember being at my dad's place and just crying like all night. Um,
1: <laughs> I just remember that. dumping a bucket of chicken on my head, drowning myself with a bathtub full of beer. How, Fuck.
4: Stupid, as a former player, Dallas, how stupid was that scandal? Like, you're going to blame the collapse on chicken and beer? Like, every fucking team doesn't do the same thing. What a, what a, all that was. Yeah. I just felt
1: so bad. I felt bad for the players. I felt bad for the clubhouse managers. I felt bad for Tito. I felt bad for everybody because anytime a story like that gains any sort of momentum, regardless of how much truth there is to it or whatever, it's easily explained. And it's easily, I don't want to say justified, but it's easily explained as to what the fuck's going on here. Well, if you just listen for two minutes, I'll tell you what's going on here. And this happens fucking everywhere. 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 So The the issue was, it was the timing of how the team was playing, what those wins were going to mean, or what those losses eventually meant, and the fact that somebody was like, and we're still talking about this publicly? This is something that's going on? Well, you know what? We can't point to anything else, so we'll just blame this. We'll blame this lackadaisical, loose-fitting clubhouse as to why they can't get their shit together down the stretch in the most important time of the season. Let's blame it on Let's blame it on their priorities. Let's blame it on the antics going on in the clubhouse. Chicken and beer. Do they they really even it on care?
4: chicken, chicken. They were eating chicken. They acted like they were eating fucking, I don't know, like cotton candy and methamphetamine in the clubhouse.
3: Fried like, chicken, right. bro. It's not it good was for you.
4: Chicken, <laughs> chicken. The motherfucker Pablo Sandoval. Like he he wasn't on the chicken and beer team, but there was a game that he left. He got pulled from the game. It was a day game. Had to be removed from the game for dehydration. And he was, you know, those green Gatorade bottles. He had Coca-Cola in it. (laughs) (laughs) The motherfucker was drinking Coca-Cola in a green Gatorade bottle during a day game when he's obese. And they had to take him out. Like, that's like an actual dietary issue with chicken. Oh, my God. They were eating chicken. Chicken Dallas.
1: Yeah, like uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you go up in the clubhouse, like in between, and this is how it used to be. And it's not this way anymore because things have changed, comfort levels have changed. Guys are fucking mac and snacks in the dugout. (laughs)
5: Like, in the dugout. You're watching guys.
1: Yeah, you're watching guys polish shit. Like, that was just a huge, huge no no. Like, you just did not do that. Like, what the? We have a lunchroom. Get your tired act back up into the lunchroom and quit turning this fucking dugout into a cafeteria. That's how the conversation used to be, right? Yeah. Like you remember the, remember the, the football movie, little giants. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like the, the kid gets fucking lit up and he's laying on the ground and he takes his helmet off and he's got a fucking sandwich in his helmet. He's got like a PB and J in his football helmet. just like, we don't treat our fucking helmets like a lunchbox. You know, he's like, I'm hungry. (laughs) No, we're not doing this. The big leagues. Mm. So for that to happen. Yeah, it it was. It was very. I was just like, no no way. Like, they're really going to make this a thing.
4: Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about it over the weekend Uh, for the four o'clock games. If you're if you're the starting pitcher. What like, what do you do? Do you eat before? Do you eat after? Well, a four o'clock
5: game for who for you I, we don't have
4: four o'clock games. We have a one o'clock game, we have a seven o'clock game. Well, we have four o'clock games, so put yourself in that position.
1: Um, you know what's funny is I'm actually having this conversation right now with uh with my nephew, one of my nephews, because he's a high school athlete, he is a pitcher, he's a good pitcher <clears throat> um, and Routine is something we're talking about and taking care of your body, preparing your body, especially on days that you're performing and understanding what you're going to feel on that day and being consistent with what you put in your body on the days that you're asking your body to perform. And you know, his response is no, I I understand that. I don't want to get too caught up in like superstition where I'm eating, you know, two egg whites. I got to eat one through half the shell in 30 seconds or else the whole fucking days that like, You know That's not what this is about. It's about understanding that there are certain foods, fruits, basically energy that you can put into your body that will help you. And I always use the example of you don't see NASCAR drivers shitting in their gas tank right before they start their car to go run a race. Why? Well, because nobody would shit in their gas tank and then get upset when their car doesn't start or their car isn't running optimally. So why would you do that? I which is essentially exactly which is what you do when you load up your gas tank with chicken fingers and chocolate milk. You're basically asking the gas station attendant to just pull their pants down. Could you <laughs> squat over my gas tank, please? And give it about 10 minutes. And then when you're done, don't wipe. Just let me know. I, I should be fi- I should be ready to redline this bitch. <laughs> that's not, that's not how we do this. Yeah.
4: My whole life is just shitting in my gas tank.
1: Yeah. But I ate before games.
5: I ate a, <laughs> i ate a uh salami ham and turkey sandwich with a salad no that sounds boring <laughs> yeah at the ballpark before i pitched That's probably in the same dinner every night every mm-hmm. five days okay there are you candy bars no uh i used to be a big payday guy
4: you would be like an obscure, like oh, I'm I'm off the off the menu candy bar guy. <laughs> like, a, sorry, man, I don't do Snickers or Three Musketeers. I do Payday. You you don't you yeah, don't f- carry Payday? Oh, mm, totally interesting.
1: Totally nuts about
4: Payday. Yeah, I get it. I get the nuts joke. Um, all right. Uh, let's get into our stories from the weekend, which I know that you guys prepared for, right?
5: Hmm.
4: I do. Okay. All right. It's a great uh, going, story. Did you, did you prepare?
3: Which story? Depends on the story. The
4: one that you're supposed to bring? <laughs>
3: no, what are you talking about? <laughs> Look, the oldest guy here is the only one who knows how to do homework, Jared. There's,
1: there's not a there's a common theme here. Common theme. See? Just, just do what you're told, Joe. We got to bring a story. some fucking water. I'm Jack and Jill right now, lugging
3: water up this hill. I got multiple stories. Like, just... <laughs> Tell me when, bro.
4: All right. When, when, oh, what's, what's your, what's your biggest story from the weekend?
3: Uh, you want me to, which one you want me to the pick? The biggest
4: one. The biggest story <laughs> of the choose. weekend. What, which
3: you, one is the choose. most
4: interesting to you? Which one is, uh, which one is tickling the, 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 balls the most? God bless you. Um, I would say
3: biggest story would probably be Jacob deGrom yeah. going down. Yeah. And it looks uh, bad
4: looks horrible actually. to a guy who
3: doesn't know much about injuries but forearm tightness I <laughs> hear might mean Tommy John a lot of the
4: times mm, I wasn't going to say the word but it it do well be, let's just it do be seeming that way I sent you guys that that TikTok breaking down the body language um, you know when they're having a conversation on the mound with DeGrom and he uh I mean there's no way to know for sure in that moment but guys know and I'm sure Dallas can speak to that more but I think, guys, when uh, – I mean, how many times have we seen a player leave the mound uh, in tears, and it's not always that it's the pain of the injury, it's knowing what's ahead because of what just happened.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what you're processing.
1: And I think that's what – in the video we saw, where you can see – You know, Jacob DeGrom almost going through the five stages of grief in in a matter of thirty seconds or so, because he's telling them what he feels. Everybody understands what this area means, and for Jacob DeGrom, it's probably a (laughs) like a self reflection moment. Like, as much as I've tried to make this not the narrative about me as a player, as hard as I've worked to try to. Physically, not have this kind of shit happen to me. It feels like it continues to happen to me. And at this point, it's not a, an opinion on Jacob deGrom. These
5: are the facts. He has performed when healthy, but when healthy has been rare, if ever.
1: And he knows that as well. So he's facing his entire mortality, really. Like, when I am healthy, do I have a full season under my belt? Oh, fuck. I just don't. When's the last time I was
5: fully healthy? Like, is this how it's going to be for me? Am I all? And, and now, like, we're talking about two years, if so, right? He's made five starts. Six starts. So, this year's a wash. What, what, how many, Joe?
1: Six. Six. So, this was his sixth start. So, yeah, five starts coming into this
5: start. So, sixth start, gone. If this is the case, gone for this year, he's not Bryce Harper. So he's not going to be back in the lineup, banging balls out right field, waiting to bounce. back. It's another year, 24, gone, if that's the case. And I know Mets fans are sitting here going, well,
1: don't want to say I told you so, but there had to have been a reason. There had to have been some reason why we weren't going to go this route. And I think everybody understood that the risk was what it was. And it it's high, high risk. It's honestly like a, a guy who's throwing 88, trying to punch guys out at the top of the zone. Very, very high risk. I don't know if it's necessarily the high reward as well, because you might be able to punch a guy out low in the zone. Maybe something moving with your soft, tired shit, Dallas. Why are you trying to throw guys? Why are you trying to blow somebody out? up top it's a high risk so it's a high risk signing what was the high reward going to be
5: the high reward was going to have to be 25 plus starts for Jacob deGrom I don't know how many people thought that that was
1: realistically going to be a thing over the course of the next 5 years did anybody uh, think he was going to make 25 plus starts a year for the next 5 years
4: no and and I think when when it happened it's not even hindsight's 2020 now that there's been an injury we all you we we called it reckless. It, the the contract was reckless, and it was because this. this is I don't why. want to say it was inevitable, but the odds seemed pretty high. It seemed like it it was something that you you were not going to be able to avoid at some point during the duration of the contract. And here we are, six starts into the contract, and it's it looks yeah, pretty and bad. It's, it's,
1: yeah, and it, it's not necessarily the, the shitty part about this now. And I'm straight up the shitty part about this is. This is the engine. This is the engine that is breaking down now. Okay? This isn't the fucking side panel of the car. This isn't exterior. <laughs> right? This isn't the spoiler that's starting to rattle on the back of the car that we could either just screw down or replace. That's not what this is. This is the engine now. The arm. So, we've had back, we you know, little side Johnny. <laughs> Things that you can kind of navigate around. But much like I call the shoulder the party starter, because the shoulder means if you can't even get the arm going, I don't give a shit how good your elbow feels. Fantastic. You've never had elbow pain, but you can't even get your arm moving because your shoulder's toast. Well, now the elbow is hey, you might be able to get things moving, but what you feel out of your hand, you probably don't even feel anymore because nerve damage issues, like literally feeling the baseball.
5: So the idea of being able to work through something like this like it were a back or a side or a doesn't exist. You're now talking about the engine.
4: Yeah, it's it's tough because I I think I don't know that everyone shared this same sentiment, but when the Texas Rangers signed Jacob deGrom, I would say that some of us felt like that's awesome that they're continuing to spend after the Seeger signing, after the Simeon signing. Now here's DeGrom. Now here's Evaldi. They're getting there, right? Like they're getting there. I don't think any of us, at least here, thought, all right, this is the year. Like they've, they've loaded up and now they're going to fucking take off and go. They enter the month of May 17 and 11. They're in first place. They have a two game lead over the Astros, who got off to a slow start, but they, you know, the Astros are going to pick up and, and they're going to do their thing. But at least the Rangers have told you we're in a position right now where we think we can at least contend. Like we can make a run at the division, we can make a run at a, at a playoff spot. And they're not wrong for feeling that way. Like they, they are talented enough to do that, but they need Jacob DeGrom to be able to carry that out. Like if they're going to be a legitimate threat, they need Jacob DeGrom.
1: Well, you look at it like this, too. What was the what was the narrative with the Grom in New York is that he would pitch his ass off and the Mets would lose one nothing. He would pitch his ass off. The Mets would lose two one. He'd set some kind of ridiculous strikeout record with, I don't know, fucking five immaculate innings in a row. Mets (laughs) lose three, three, one. And it's like, son of a bitch. Can this guy catch a break? Can the team figure it out
5: with this guy on the mound? Well, in Texas. All they did was win each and every one of
4: his outings. I wonder if that's ever happened in his Mets career, winning, uh, taking them out in six straight games and which his team won.
1: And they won, and they won them. So, so to the point of Jacob DeGrom them needing him, whatever it is, whether it's... Because I don't know I don't know how many outings he went... I
5: don't think he even... Uh, I would say one, he had one outing where there was seven innings, right? This year? And then everything yeah, else has been. Went,
4: uh, he shoved it up the Yankees' ass. Yeah, everything else has been because he's had
1: two 10-plus strikeout performances this year. But he, the whole he point of getting six and
4: two out of his last three.
1: Okay, there you go. So every single time he's taken the ball, the Rangers have won the game.
4: He has seven he the against the Royals <clears throat> with nine strikeouts. He struck out eleven against the Orioles back on April fifth, and then he struck out eleven against your age. Just
1: punched, yeah. Just I was gonna say, he just punched us out.
4: Yeah, and then he uh, his last start was against the Yankees, where he gave up one hit in three and two thirds, um, and that was it because he came out with the uh, the injury. I, like, I'm sure injuries. that there there are going to be some talk shows that are like, well, what do you think? Are we going to see? It? Like, I don't even want to speculate. I guess <laughs> with Degrom, you just you just wait and see. Who knows? But don't, like, don't you feel guys, like part yeah, of you? Like, we it's just like, had it. It's so much has
3: gone wrong. It's like part of me just thinks like it can't be Tommy John. He's already been injured a thousand times. I- like eventually, you got to get a break.
4: Yeah, but I mean, like with the Red Sox, like we just had Brian Bayo in spring training. It was the forearm and we were all like, fuck. And then he just kind of rehabbed it and he, he came back. And so far, knock on wood, no issues. So there are times where a pitcher will come out of a game or get shut down because of the forearm. And it doesn't lead to Tommy John. But I think the only reason why there's speculation here, like we just talked about earlier, was the reaction from DeGram like the body yeah. language, the facial expression? I guess like how, uh, how dire and how grim it looked that everyone else that was involved in the conversation on the mound seemed to be. Um, that's what kind of gets you concerned, is because there was a the tone of that conversation seemed very much to be oh fuck. It's, it's Uh,
1: everybody's worst fear confirmed without being officially confirmed. Like everybody's going, you know what? Let's just hope it's not this on the way out there, right? Let's hope it's not this. And then you get out there and he tells you exactly what you didn't want to hear. And you, the manager, the pitching coach, the trainer, everybody takes a collective fucking breath and goes, all right, well. And then from there, you don't want to ask another question because you have all your answers. It's your form. It hurts. Everybody knows what we're scared of right now. Yes. Show of hands. Are we all on the same page? Definitely afraid of TJ. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get off the mound and let's fucking figure it out because that's the only thing left to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. We'll let the swelling go down tonight. Get an image tomorrow. Probably go get a second opinion. If we don't like that grade one, potential grade two strain diagnosis. And then we're going to have to determine whether or not we want to rehab this out or do we want to send the best arm talent on the planet under the knife to hopefully and potentially recover maybe a year and a half or so of what's left on this contract on the other side of this.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you if know. you're if you're a Rangers I, fan, I, you got to be doing
3: freaking rituals and shit because it's like you can't lose Jacob Degrom and like make the playoffs or even because of division. Like They rely on him so heavily. That's why they gave him this contract. If you want to be positive, two forearm injuries in 2021, didn't get Tommy John. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. But bro, since 2019, he's had hip injury, 20, then back tightness, then neck, then hamstring, then side, then right side, then he had an elbow injury, then he had shoulder injury, then he had forearm injury. Then last year, shoulder injury. This year, wrist. And now it's listed as an elbow today.
5: That's every body part. So there's been injuries. Well, when you look at it, the posterior chain seems to be breaking down. Neck. Yeah, I want to see. They need to make. And now it's starting to move. And and, neck, back obliques so core stabilization and now it's getting into the extremity
4: well yeah. just fucking sucks yeah i mean we're hoping for the best yeah. it it didn't look good the, uh, it, it was the body language for me did not look good um <laughs> but to to dallas's point there will be multiple opinions given like you don't just go to one guy and say hey How's it look to you? Oh, TJ. All right, sounds good. See you Tuesday. Like yeah. you know, especially with a guy like Degrom. But if you're if 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 it, if it was gonna happen, I feel like if you're a Ranger fan, right, you had for as excited as you were about the signing, had to know that this was a possibility that that you would cross this bridge at some point. I think it's better to get it out of the way now on the front end. Is that?
1: I don't know if there's that, never a good really, time
4: for it, but
1: no, that's why I said, you hope you, you hope this all <laughs> images today, second opinion today, and then let's have a conversation and let's let the athlete decide ultimately what he's comfortable with based on the options laid in front of him. That's what today is about. That's what tomorrow is about. All right. We got
4: to take a break and talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zyn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zin earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's z y n Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
0: Uh, I'm Alex
3: Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each
0: week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
0: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
2: opened
1: so,
0: up so
2: many you know, more doors.
3: The show is called The, the deal.
0: deal. Listen to the deal.
4: Listen to the deal on Spotify. Um. All right. Uh. You mentioned. Well, speaking of Tommy John surgery, Bryce Harper could be in the lineup as early as fucking tomorrow, Tuesday. That's sure so insane. Doing it so on insane. <laughs> Tuesday, Bryce Harper. So I, I think the writing was kind of on the wall when the season started and Bryce was not put on the 60 day injured list. They're like, all right, why? Why isn't because the whole thing was that he was going to be ready to come back around the all star break. But then he doesn't go on the 60 day IL and you're like, wait a second. uh, What's the, what's the deal with that? Do you think he could he could come back sooner? and not only will he be back before the all-star break he'll be back tomorrow and, and that was something that was alluded to uh over the weekend uh, uh you know in like uh, like a media scrum just casually was hinted at like oh yeah yeah Bryce Bryce might be back on uh Tuesday but what i thought was interesting because if if Bryce does come back he he has been throwing a little bit but he also if he if he comes back on Tuesday when he comes back on Tuesday he's still going to be a dh um which is not an area that the Phillies have really struggled in. And there's a guy that they paid some money to that has actually benefited quite a bit from being a DH. I was looking at the numbers before we came on here, and the Philadelphia Phillies are seventh in the big leagues in OPS at the DH position. Um, They've gotten an 820 OPS out of their DH spot, which, by the way, the fucking Rays, dude... 1107 OPS from their DH spot. What the fuck? Their DH spot has hit 345 this season, this whole season. 345 with a 700 slug and an 1107 OPS. That's insane. I digress. The Phillies uh, have gotten the seventh best production out of their DH spot. Uh, and then you look at who has gotten some plate appearances as DH. Alec Bohm has gotten just 11 plate appearances, but he's hitting 364 with a 909 OPS. Uh, sure uh, Kyle Schwarber, not doing great out of the DH spot, 77 plate appearances, and he's hitting a buck 76 with a 655 OPS as the Phillies' DH. Uh, but then this interesting name came up 28 plate appearances. So the second most for the Phillies at the DH spot. Nick Castellanos, as Phillies DH this year in 28 plate appearances, is hitting 480 with a 536 on base and a 720 slug. That is a 1256 OPS for Nick Castellanos, um, who homered. When uh the day that Marley Rivera got fired. <laughs> uh Wow. Yeah. He did. <clears throat> he did do that. So uh, um,
5: it's not that it's Jared, not- who what go ahead? <clears throat> who has who has
4: who has the most home runs out of their DH spot as a club? Um that would be I would assume it's Castellanos. Um it's Schwarber. So they, they haven't gotten a ton of homers from the DH spot. Schwarber has four as a DH, Castellanos and uh, Cody uh, Clemens as one.
5: So total, they have oh, six. 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 Wow. Not, not good. Not wow. Good. <clears throat> no, that's definitely not the
1: 14 that the Oakland A's
4: have.
1: Oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> <laughs> throat> yeah, that's
2: all hilarious. right.
1: <clears throat> it's, All right. not, it's not, and that would be, that would be, that would be, that that would be almost, almost double the next best number in baseball. Mm. That's right. Oakland A's got 14 of them pangs from the designated swatter wow. while the uh, Minnesota Twinkies, they've got eight. So do the Marlins, and then there's a host of folks with seven and six and so on. But yeah, right now, leader in the clubhouse,
5: the Oakland odds with 14 long balls from the DH spot. Wow. That's right.
4: That's, that's what I've read. That's yeah, I mean, I've look,
5: read. last thing you want to have happen is the ball literally end up in Bryce Harper's hand
1: and him have to make a play. Because we all know what Bryce Harper is going to do, don't we?
2: Yeah. You think he's putting that shit in his kid. back pocket? Huh? <laughs> you think <laughs> Bryce is going
1: to underhand that shit somewhere? He's going to let that <laughs> motherfucker fly. And you got to protect him from him. You got to protect him from the game. He's a fucking gamer. He's not going to like, I don't know that this dude knows how to go out there. Like you're asking a guy who's more than willing to run through a fucking cement wall for a fly ball to uh, to not. Like it's going to be a tough one to reel in tough one to reel in so I don't know that I want the baseball literally in his hand so how do we do that well we just don't put him on the field so he can't touch the baseball All right, let's (laughs) let him fucking hit the baseball but if he touches it we know this guy he's going to fucking throw it
3: don't let him throw it well that kind of what confuses me is because we're talking about DeGrom and we're like oh he's done for next year with Tommy John like it takes two years almost to recover from Tommy John Bryce Harper had Tommy John six months ago and they're already trying to work him back in the lineup. I get he's not a pitcher, but if he's in right field, no, no. he's going to throw Stop. a ball 90 Stop. miles Stop. per hour.
1: Stop. How many times in a game, Joe, will he do that? <clears throat> On a great day, a great busy day for Bryce Harper, how many times is he letting the ball fly at 90 miles an hour?
5: Uh, three times. Cool. That's You know what that's not? It's not 95 times. Six
3: times.
1: And it's not every 15 seconds, and that's the difference. You know the difference, but that's that's why I say you got to protect him because you just. I mean, the reason it takes two years is because they want to make sure shit's stable. They want to make sure shit is stuck together. It has adhered. The anchors are doing their job. The whole everything is tip top in that joint there. And for the big fella, Bryce started like, "Look, you're not going to make that many throws. Yeah, you'll play catch, and he's into it, but." I'll be damned if we need you fucking
3: letting it fly. And that's always something I've been curious about, honestly. It's like, you get Tommy John, you wake up the next day, and you throw a baseball, like, I guess it hurts like shit. Like, why does it take two years? Like, your arm, what does it feel like? You're just sore <clears> as fuck.
1: Your range of motion. You go from you go from being able to do this, right, to then waking up and your arms like this. And they're like, all right, let's extend it, and you go... <laughs> Oh my, god! oh my god and they're like yeah you probably. probably yeah, I think you're ready to throw <laughs> so just like when you have ACL surgery and they're trying to you know flex your leg out and get you <clears throat> get you
5: beyond 90 and same stuff same stuff mm. not good just brutal just brutal
4: but if there was anyone that was going to have superhuman healing skills it feels like Bryce Harper would be in the conversation for that
5: yeah that yep, works out. It sure does.
1: Like if we found <laughs> out that he was
5: made of like Valerian steel, nobody would be surprised. Yeah.
4: And we are now joined by none other than our very own Justin Havens. Welcome. Hey, yo. Hey, Jay. Hey, how are you?
0: Fine. How are you guys?
4: Great. We were just talking about Bryce Harper. And I mean, we haven't really like we did our our stories from the weekend. Uh, we talked about me being for the kids throwing out first pitches for Little League opening days. Uh, we we did Degrom, and now we're talking about Bryce Harper coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery. He's going to be in the lineup tomorrow potentially, and when a lot of folks thought that he was going to be back around the All Star break. So, if you'd like to jump into the Bryce Harper conversation, we'd we'd love to have your take on it.
0: I mean, I was just reading fastest on record return uh, for a Tommy John uh, participant. Uh, on record, uh, which is Ooh. crazy. I think Tony Womack had the previous record, if I remember correctly. Tony Womack. Tony Womack. Wow. Um,
1: well,
5: <clears throat> didn't uh, Aaron Hicks like not miss a game?
4: Mm. There was something weird with that,
5: right? Yeah, like he. Yeah, yeah, like he. Mm. Yes, mm. he got Tommy Look, John. He was just
1: back the next day. <laughs> I don't know if it was back the next day, but like, look, look, yeah, look, look it up. There's something weird to that. Or like maybe a, like a fucking week or something. I don't
4: know. <laughs> yeah. fastest I remember they, from Tommy like John surgery just on
0: record per ESPN stats and information is Harper will be the fastest if he does indeed come back. Previous record was Tony Womack in 2004 with 182 days. Buner, Jay Buner, Yes. And Carl Crawford. The other three, I will look into the uh, the Aaron Hicks caveat as you're bringing it up. I mean, I the Phillies need him, man. Um, even if he's DHing exclusively, which I understand is the plan. I mean, this is two, two, two and a half months before he was expected to come back. Correct. It's awesome. I mean, I I think they're probably. Too far gone in the division, like I don't think one player is going to make the difference for them in that regard, but I, if I recall the conversation correctly about the Phillies to start the season, um, it was always more of a wild card hanging hang around around 500 in the, in the wild card conversation until Bryce Harper gets back, and you're you know close to as fully intact as you can be in the post Reese Hoskins era. Uh And that looks that's what they are. They're 15 and 14, four games back, still very much in the thick of the wild card stuff, as most teams are in April uh, or May 1st. But, yeah, good there the are a lot of really good, good
4: 15 and 14 teams out there right now though. people are saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, the key is the key is that they're not not in the conversation. Right. Like that, mm-hmm. because it's. Like, we say it's May first, but there are already some teams that were expected to be on the fringes of the wild card conversation or squarely in it that have played themselves completely out of it. Uh the White mm-hmm. Sox being the most famous example of that. But mm-hmm. uh the Phillies didn't do that and they had similar depth concerns uh that we talked about with the White Sox. So I'm excited to see Bryce back.
4: Did any did anyone on this podcast pick the White Sox to make the playoffs this year? Disgusting. I hope not. I <laughs> no. <laughs> <You> hope not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I, I definitely don't think I did.
1: Um, oh, yeah. So, so the Aaron Hicks thing, uh, what happened was is because the 2020 season began late in July, that delay allowed him to not miss any regular season action got, as got he it. recovered from Tommy John. So, got it. so we, you, were talking, right?
0: you were talking games. I was reading something based on days. That's, where, that's also where the confusion was. Um. Sure. Well, not not confused, Yeah, Just are no, no, two different.
1: Confusion. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Again, again, I was right.
2: <clears throat> well, I mean, <laughs>
1: no,
4: it's cool.
0: You you showed up and you were wrong. No right. Wrong. wrong right. Wrong, good wrong. to have you though. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. I mean,
4: heart hold hard facts. <laughs> Aaron Hicks should have taken more time to recover. My personal. Yeah, opinion. I
0: think he's still recovering.
4: Yeah, he might be. Uh, Dow, <laughs> you uh, you alluded to the Oakland A's offensive production. Is there anyone in particular that you would like to highlight? I'm
1: glad. You know, Jared, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I am glad you asked because there is a fellow that's begging the baseball around the Coliseum these days. Mm -hmm. A fellow that hit a ball yesterday. He hit it. And I swear to God, every time I see a ball hit like this, I go into a fucking cold sweat and I want to track down Ty Wigginton and give him a piece of my fucking mind. because. He shit all over a changeup out of my hand and hit it a fucking country mile into the night sky in Oakland. And I was just like, that's, I've never had anybody cover a fucking changeup like that off of me before. Uh, you had to have known that was coming. So every time I see the ball go up in a certain trajectory, certain exit velo off the bat, I just, I just start to shudder. Oh God. Oh God. And that's what happened. Britt Rooker hit a ball yesterday. That was fucking clobbered, just clobbered. It went high as fuck, felt like it was out of the stadium. <laughs> it came back down, Eli. dropped into the second deck. High drive, left field down the line. That oh baby
0: is gone. Second deck,
1: <laughs> three to one ace.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't even know what to say. i don't yep second deck that ball was annihilated (laughs) the whole time that downtime that downtime in between i'm looking at kype and i've got the fucking cough button smash i'm looking at kype and i'm going oh my fucking god oh my god (laughs) i'm just mouthing and and kype is looking at me he's like he's just nodding his head like
4: yeah (laughs) i was crushed yeah
1: yeah (laughs)
4: Off uh,
1: Yeah, Nick Lodolo, who, oh my God. Nasty. Oh, he's nasty. He's nasty. But Jared, he he had given up, he had given up six home runs coming into the game yesterday. Unfortunately for him, five of those home runs have come in the last two outings. Mm. And it didn't stop for Lodolo. Yeah. Because Brent Rooker got in on the action. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's got a fucking nasty slide piece, nasty little back foot slide piece. But uh, good, good fastball. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was, he was fun to watch. But yeah, swinging A's had other plans. Yeah, for Mister J- Lodolo, that is now over eight and two thirds innings for Lodolo,
5: fourteen runs mm-hmm. over his last eight and two thirds. Not good. No. Uh, Jay, hey, did you have a story from the weekend? I mean, my stories were kind
0: of uh, kind of like April, like the yeah, month sure. of April in, sure. in themed. You want me to rip off some, some nugs here? See what it is you guys? Please, yeah. All right. We'll start with the A's. We'll start with the swing A's. I don't know if we've covered this, but just to kind of put a cap on there, March and April. Uh, it was the worst winning percentage in March and April for any team uh, in baseball since the 2003 Tigers. So who glad in. you showed up. That team lost by like 111
4: games. What's that? How many games did that team lose? 111?
0: Yeah. I think that'd be a success. Um, Mm -hmm. On the other side, positive spin. The Rays, 23-6. and Best winning percentage in March-April since. The 2001 Mariners. Ooh. 116 game winners. Yeah. Yeah, legendary team. Similar star power, I think, to the current Rays. (laughs) A lot of similarities there. Uh, Luis Arias, 438 batting average. Uh, That's the highest March-April batting average by a qualified batter since we're all going to remember this one. 2014, Devin Mezzarocco. Oh, yeah. Who hit 468 in March and April of uh, 2014 for the Reds. Uh, Big-time catching prospect at one point. Uh, This is following up on a previous note. Uh, Max Muncie did it. So, round of applause to Max Muncy. He became the first batter since Barry Bonds in 2001 to have 10 plus homers in uh, fewer than 20 hits in the March of April. So, uh, when he makes contact, it's going yard. Uh, Justin Steele, friend of the podcast, um, slicing Dyson. Not yeah, not his best start yesterday, but that says more about how dominant he's been than the lack of quality of his start <laughs> yesterday. Uh, lowest ERA by a Cubs pitcher. It was 1.49 in March and April. Since obviously this is for starting pitchers, since Greg Maddox in two thousand six, the second Cubs stint for Mad Dog, he had a one three five ERA in March and April of two thousand six. Matt Chapman, we have talked about him, his six eighty seven slugging percentage in March April. That's the highest by a Blue Jays player since the legendary twenty eleven Jose Carter. Bautista season.
4: Oh. <laughs> Be hit that year? I'd be pretty special
0: if he replicated that Joe bats.
4: How many home runs did he hit that year? Was it 56? That's what I'm making guessed. that up.
0: 52. Maybe no. it was. Uh, 50. Well, that was in 2011. He hit 43 2010. He hit 54. Ah. First. God, it's crazy. Cause 2011 was actually a better season despite the fewer home runs. Um, <laughs> Uh, the White Sox. Jose, yeah, uh, no. you Do you think that like history, history
4: kind of quickly forgot how great Jose Bautista was?
0: I no. I I kind of love players who jam in like all of their career value into like half a decade.
2: Yeah, and, and it's just burst. like
0: they they were a phoenix, and then it's just kind of gone. And that's kind of well, how I remember him from like ten to fifteen. I mean. That's how it was. He was an all-star for six straight seasons and never before and never after.
5: There's nothing wrong with that. No,
4: no. He got paid, too, I yeah, think. Well, at least on some. No, because he he wanted he that. Got he wanted million that ex- dollars. from. Yeah, but total. I'm talking about like like he never got his big contract where he was. Uh, I think he came oh, into like a spring big training 2016. Yeah. And it was looking for like six years, like 150 million or something like that. And the Blue Jays told him to kick rocks. And then, well, isn't I mean, that what do you mean?
1: Correct. Isn't that what he got? No. Like, what was the deal that he got in Toronto? He signed he got,
0: a deal. He no, signed, I don't think he did. I think it was like four and 56 or something like that. Like yeah. It was a pretty modest kind. Of, well, because, you know, he didn't break out until he was 29 years old and had made basically no money by baseball standards up to that point. So, yeah. He made $100 million. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna worry about it. Yeah. I um, yeah, I, I either way, yeah. <laughs> uh White Sox eight and twenty-one. Worst uh win loss in March April uh in franchise history. Tough. Uh and then yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> the uh
5: the
4: Chicago White Sox, um, having the, the game that, that took place yesterday was one of the more surprising happenings of the entire season. You've lost 10 straight baseball games. And like the what was happening? Like they were no hitting the Rays. Then the Rays scored 10 runs in the same inning. <laughs> Just one of the more bizarre baseball games that that I can recall. uh Taking in, given all the circumstances, given that the Rays are the best team by far going up against the White Sox. I'm not going to call the worst team because the A's exist. Um, But all the circumstances at play, a no hitter going. And then, uh, well, this was this was like the walk. They had a a seven run bottom of the ninth. The White Sox did to win 12 to nine. (laughs) They were very Ugh. loud, very loud sell the team chance in this series, because uh, the Saturday game, uh, the Rays were getting no hit entering the top of the seventh inning, and <laughs> the the White Sox are winning three to nothing. The Rays were getting no hit going into the seventh, and then the Tampa Bay Rays proceeded to score 10 runs in the seventh and then one run in the eighth, one run in the ninth. The White Sox lost 12 to three to lose their 10th consecutive game. Um, So that 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 victory that they pulled out on Sunday was one of the more unlikely happenings to take place this season, given how great the Rays have been, how great they are, how awful the White Sox have been playing, how awful they are. Uh, (laughs) But the sell the team chance were uh, they were running wild. And speaking of selling the team, Dallas. Did you see that MLB is denying that they edited out the like all the anti-ownership signs? There was there was a home run hit at the Oakland Coliseum, and in on the live broadcast, you could see the signs where it's like you know fuck ownership, blah blah, like you know fuck the A's, and they were edited out in the highlight clips. But Major League Baseball is like that just seems to be an oversight. That we did not do that no. on purpose. No.
1: Uh, Is anybody shocked that that was their initial action? And then from there, is anybody shocked that that was the response?
4: I'm shocked that they responded at all. I think you're only drawing more attention to it by denying it. They could have just not responded, and then it kind of just goes away.
5: Yeah, I, I think that in today's world, I would love to believe that. I would.
1: I just don't think that that's how things go. Whether I like that or not is different, but I don't think that people just move past it. That was not going to be a good thing. Yeah, it's it sucks. It's unfortunate. But again, like I said, I, I'm not shocked that that was the initial play, and I am not shocked at all that there was a response
0: that would try to lead you to believe that it was just a mere – coincidence it it was carefully worded we were unaware of the edit when it came to our attention we corrected it as it isn't consistent with our policy so that's just like you know generally speak vaguely throwing somebody under the bus who may or may not get dealt with internally but that's i mean that's not saying it didn't happen that's not saying that um you know we were unaware of it of the edit the edit existed we were unaware of it
4: they do mm-hmm. shit like that all the time because I remember the uh, all the time. the 2018 Chris Sale start against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, where I was sitting behind home plate and I was doing all like the strikeouts and everything on the on the posted highlight clip. They like cut it down so that you can't see me doing that.
0: Well, and yeah, like good Jay. No, I was just gonna be uh, to me, and we've all got some experience with video edits and highlights and stuff like that, but like. To me, there is a real difference between uh, cropping the video in such a way where we can't see Jared Carabas, but the action isn't impeded. And then there is like actually editing out what visually exists in the video, right? Like that's what happened with the Ace yeah. video. Am I, am I right? Or did I misunderstand? Like,
4: uh, So like I would have agreed with you if it was a vertical video that they made. No, if it was a horizontal video that they made a vertical video and you could no longer see me because they were trying to crop the action. This video was a horizontal video that they made horizontaler and like cut it down here just to get me out of the clip. Like it was very intentional. And I think we both know that there are people over there that don't like the company that I used to work for and did not want that clip to, that to be the central focus of the clip. Like it was very very And I also
0: think just going back to the, to the, specifically to the A's part of it, uh, or the, that highlight, rather, is like we, we can never lose sight of the fact that the, the number one priority as far as what they put out on social media is to protect the image of the league, ownership, and the commissioner, and that is above and beyond any promotion of the actual game. So mm. that this took priority should not be seen as a surprise. That they no. edit it the way that they did, I think, is a little bit surprising. Uh, whoever was in charge of that, but um, that it happened, I don't think, or that this was prioritized, this perspective, uh, shouldn't be surprising.
4: Yeah, it's just stupid. Like you're just drawing more attention to it by being like, oh, don't look at this. Like A's fans aren't going to immediately know that that's what you're editing. <laughs> editing yeah. out. The, the,
1: I, yeah, <laughs> that's see, this is the one thing.
5: <laughs>
1: this is not the fan base to be trifled with. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to stuff like that, like if you if you think if you think right now, this is a fan base that is going to just stand idly by and let little things like that go. Sorely
4: mistaken, just just out of uh, curiosity, Dallas, because you mentioned like this is not the fan base to be trifled with. How many I'm sure you've talked to fans, but just your your impression of knowing the fan base. How many fans do you think will follow the team to Oakland? Because I know that, like, so I was fortunate. It's, enough too I, er,
1: it's too early to
4: tell. I was fortunate enough that I actually knew my great-grandfather, like, my on my dad's side. Diehard Braves fan. Like, he followed the Braves from Boston from to Atlanta. To Atlanta. He fucking still watched the Braves. Like, that was his team. Um, so, I, I, you have to figure that some... A's fans will follow them to Vegas, no? Well, Jared, these ain't your great granddaddy's
1: Braves, and these ain't your great granddaddy's A's, and this ain't ain't your great granddaddy's baseball anymore, because your great-grandfather, our great-grandfathers all had the ability from the time they were a little guy, maybe to the time they graduated high school, to recite to you the entire roster of a team, because it didn't fucking change. Because that's who they were so very easy, very easy to follow them from Boston to Atlanta, right? Maybe even easier these days to cut bait with the team because there is no consistent player presence. There is free agency. There is the quiveling over dollars, dollars between millionaires and billionaires that has soured the commitment from one fan to a team to be as loyal as it was back then so there's a whole lot of differences between the game the players and the teams back then and now that has a big impact on whether or not you're going to see fans follow and it can be for a number of reasons are the same players on the team i'll follow them is the team owned by the same people i'll follow them are we anywhere close geographically to where I'm at so my interest stays the same? I'll follow them. So to answer some of those questions, are they geographically close? I know Raiders fans who jump on Southwest, no free ads, fly their ass to Vegas, and have a bang-up time. Stay the night. Some don't. and Get on a plane later that night and come on back. It's a five-hour drive from Southern California if you're a A's fan in SoCal. So now you're a little closer or maybe... Kind of the same distance between Oakland. So a lot of things factor into this. I still say it's too early to tell. Why? Because I know that there were certain fans who there's a protest planned, right? Everybody wants to fill the stadium to show that it's uh, 13 to show the fans that it's or to show everybody that's not, you know, it's not the fans. I know a lot of people who have started to say, I'm not doing that. Not one more dollar. Not one more dollar am I shelling out. Not gonna do that. I was gonna do that two weeks ago. Now I'm not. After the announcement, now I'm not doing it. And then there's other fans who are like talking to them and saying, look, come on, who cares? That's what they want. That's what they want. Remember, we're defending our name as a fan base. And so I think it just remains to be seen where people or well where people ultimately fall on. On their feelings on how things have transpired and whether or not they'll be able to set them
5: aside should the team actually leave.
4: Hmm. Well, we'll see. I can't wait to see the Brent Rooker billboards all over all over Vegas. <laughs> We've got to market their stars. Um speaking of yep. marketing. You'll see him in Seattle. You'll see him in Seattle. Speaking of marketing. Um the San Francisco Giants and the San Diego Padres played a two game an odd two game series in Mexico City and I just pulled up the statistics from this two game 11, set
1: 11 11 homers in one game the first uh,
4: game Yes all right so the Padres and the Giants in Mexico City combined to hit 329 with an 1130 OPS a 725 slugging percentage, 15 home runs, 12 doubles, a triple, 37 runs scored. 57% of the hits in the series, in the two-game series, went for extra base hits. That's crazy. And you, Darvish, uh, tweeted this, what was this, last night? Yeah, late last night. It was an article um, from, I think, Yahoo Japan and translated uh he said first of all the size of the stadium is i don't know what that word is but he said more so than the altitude he was blaming the the size of the stadium more so than the altitude which was like what, what word 2000 was... uh i don't know i lost it it wasn't like a normal word um
3: <laughs>
4: go look at his <laughs> tweet Was is
5: it English?
3: It's
4: Japanese. Yes, Japanese. None of them are normal. Yeah. It's uh it's it's a definitely a, a Japanese word that I don't know. Uh, that you were looking at like trying to figure out uh, just, man that's crazy one really of the wanna...
0: few japanese words you don't know yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a... <laughs>
1: just it's not, true. not like it's uh. spanish it's not the same fucking characters just mixed up that's no, not no, 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 no. like you're, you're looking not, at a picture no, no, trying no, no. to you're figure out getting,
4: what it means no 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 you're not getting what i'm saying it's a japanese word in, in letters <laughs> it's not in like japanese writing
1: <laughs> like damn Jerry, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to the fucking pyramids. Just got this uh, hieroglyphics job that I do on the side. I've been outsourced. You didn't know that's that not, I could read pictures.
4: That's not. No, I didn't know what it was. It was a Japanese word in actual letters, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't in Japanese characters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that all this did was ensure that we're never going to see a, a baseball team in Mexico City. Like, there's no way that you could have a, a major league baseball team there. No free agent pitchers would ever want to sign there. Why would you ever sign there? Like I, I even saw like some, is
5: that
0: the some, word yeah, quality of the schools mean? could be what's that word <laughs> Mike what's that my Campton reference
4: <laughs> Kamagaya yeah what the fuck does
5: that mean Kamagaya like you either know it or you don't <laughs> you must not know I'm yeah, sorry I don't know what
4: that means sorry
1: well, it's just one of those words in Japanese that has many explanations and I don't know that I have enough time to give them
4: all to you okay. Uh, but yeah, no. There's there's gonna be no major league baseball team in Mexico City after watching this. No,
1: you realize that they're 2,500 feet higher than Colorado, right? Correct. Coors Field, Mile High Stadium. This place is 2,500 feet higher than that. So yeah, you're
3: playing on the fucking moon is what you're doing. Which is good, bro. Good games. Why don't we just all play every game there? <laughs> I'm gonna and I'll tell you this. It's all right. like players
1: staff from MLB everywhere, everywhere down on the, like just, you know, circling around the ballpark in the field, saw that game.
5: And yesterday we're like, yo, so like, that's gotta be on purpose, right? That's gotta be on purpose. And they're referring to all
1: of the offense. They're referring to what you Darvish is talking about where, okay, the wall would wall say might say three, whatever, but that ball is like, just the, the confines of the place, everything, the balls jumping. So you put live baseballs in a small ballpark, <laughs> fucking ten thousand feet of elevation, and have at it. Let's yeah. sell this game.
0: Let's sell this game. It's a fucking football game. Well, that's can, what they did. Can in I ask London. a question though? Can, yeah. Let's assume for a second, and I don't think this is not a safe assumption, but let's assume for a second that Major League Baseball. Swapped out the balls and used something of a juiced baseball in that series. Okay. Saw that. Saw that on Reddit or wherever the the internets, the dark webs. Um, Would that bother us? Yeah. Bother you. No,
4: bother. (laughs) Bother isn't the word. I'm more. It would be more confusing to me because if you're trying to market major league baseball to those in Mexico City. First of all, you act like they don't have access to Major League Baseball and don't, don't know that it exists sure. until they come to town. Uh, but wouldn't it not make sense if you go to Mexico City, juice the baseballs to show them this exciting product to hook them on Major League Baseball. And then Chilled. they watch Major League Baseball and they're like, wait a second. So every game isn't 15 to 14. Like why? Why use juice baseballs to get fans excited when that's just not what the game is it can be like there's definitely there's definitely like high scoring games like uh, i think the the yankees just got their doors blown off by the texas rangers 14 to 1 yesterday sometimes teams score 14 runs but to market the product as if it's that high scoring on both sides every single game what sense does that make
1: Uh, i have to get you in the door i have to get you in the door so i make the lights shiny and bright i make everything pretty up front and once you're in the door.
5: Done deal. I hide the clocks. There are no windows and you're fucking locked in. You are locked in. Kind
1: of how Vegas does it, right? Everything's bright, shiny, smells great, looks beautiful. You walk inside, no clock, no windows. Your time is ours now. You're here. And that's exactly what any entity looking to grow itself has to do. I have to make it bright. I have to make it shiny. I have to make it attractive for you because how do I sell? a group of people that i'm looking to reach on a game that has little to no excitement because how do you sell baseball would you try to sell baseball if it was a pitchers duel let's say you have a game to choose from okay a one nothing pitchers duel as opposed to this baseball bludgeoning back and forth and you've got a group of people who've never seen the game before which game are you selecting to show them the game of baseball, you know what I? Love are you going to about- show them the one nothing back and forth pitchers duel, or are you going to show them the fifteen to fourteen slugfest? Remember, the livelihood of the game is at stake here, and whether or not you get these people to come back to the same baseball game tomorrow,
0: that's at stake here. So, which game do you show them? I love this hypothetical conversation because it reminds me of. Like the NFL has been doing the internationals stuff in London for, for a while now, right? And yeah, London. I think there's a. There either already has been or is coming up a, a game in Germany. Um, but anyway, point being, it's like for the vast majority of those international games, the NFL was like, "Here are our absolute most dog shit." God least awful. entertaining products that we can send over there like here here's the texans and here's the jaguars and here's some spit in your palm like enjoy it and it's, but it's not and about we're, over it, no, no no i know it's just funny because it's, it's not about I, I the productivity them
1: for their right that like that's the thing is it's not about the productivity of the pro it's just not it's about the product here's the product here's what it looks like here's something you guys don't have here so could you imagine having a Super Bowl here down the road, folks? Huh? Huh? That's kind of what you're doing is you're introducing them to something that they just don't know about. And they're going, buddy, uh, have you seen the fucking soccer stadiums we got around this place? We know football, all right? But we'll entertain your American football. That's cool. Yeah, it's a little different, whatever. Um, But yeah, I, I just, the same thing would apply. Like with football or with basketball, there's not such overarching changes to the game that you have to really consider how you're trying to sell it. Football is football. Basketball is basketball. It is what it is. But as we are seeing with the implementation of one tool or the changing of one tool in the game of baseball, you could have a very different product. Very different product. That would be like LeBron putting on Adidas's and not being able to dunk. Like, what the fuck happened? I was at the game yesterday. This guy's jumping through the gym. Well, today we made him wear Adidas's. And now he can't. So it's a very different product. Well, why Steph Curry not jacking shit up from half court? Well, because we didn't let him wear his Under Armour shoes today. That's why it's like, whoa, why is the baseball not flying? Well, it's because we got a very different baseball here. The, The game is different. So don't look at that. Look at what I'm showing you here. The 15 to 14. Look, isn't this fun? This is fun, right? You like this.
3: This does happen in every single one of these games every single year. Yeah. Like think about London. the fucking
5: think about the cornfield.
3: Corn,
4: yeah.
5: What happened what happened in Iowa?
4: <laughs> Bombs uh, away. Yeah, what other what other examples were there? Like, wasn't there the uh that wacky ass fucking exhibition game, Joe? You did the video about the Red Sox and the Dodgers and that, <laughs> that, that like weird it was the most attended baseball game ever. Yeah, at the Coliseum. That was a spring training
3: game, but the fence to left field was two hundred and fifteen feet. <laughs> two hundred and twenty five <laughs> oh, feet that's little league distance yeah. that is
0: legitimately I, little league distance. i'd love like, to see a modern day polo grounds just like a field that is oh, just completely J. ridiculous that was the, i have not played since my daughter uh blissfully came into this world but when i played the show playing the polo grounds is like my favorite thing you just so you sick just run for days or you're hooking around yes. line for like a 175 uh-huh. foot home run i yep. think baseball Get should have that shit yeah Yeah, they did. Did you imagine watching?
1: Did you imagine watching fucking like Kevin Kiermeier run down a 510 foot fly ball? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so
0: awesome. (laughs) So you get, you'd get Willie Mays and Jim Edmonds catches like every week, daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
4: we've we've definitely gotten away from uh, baseball being the only sport where the dimensions are whatever the fuck you want them to be. Like, we see these new stadiums, and they're just like, I don't want to say cookie-cutter, but there's nothing creative. No, there's no character.
5: There's no character.
4: Yeah, there's nothing creative about the dimensions. Like, they're... Back in the day, they would just be like, I don't know, fuck it, dude. It's fucking, it's 301 right, and it's fucking 520 feet to center. Like, I don't put know. Put a bro. monument in center field. Who
3: gives a shit, <laughs> see, bro? Yes, Babe right here. <laughs> a
4: fucking, put a fucking hill with a flagpole in center. Who cares? Just put it there. But
1: this all goes back to, like, it being a different game back then, too. And it, because... Like uh, grounds crew, right? There's a reason it's called the Baltimore chop. Why? Well, because they didn't water. They kept shit super hard in the front of home plate so guys could beat the ball into the ground, beat it out. They have, you manicure the field a certain way. Like if you have guys that put the ball on the ground, you you have guys that bunt the baseball. Grounds crews keep the grass a little longer, right? And it's for those reasons. If you've got a slow team that's not going to be beating shit out, you keep the grass long. Well, you don't want the other fucking guys to be smoking balls up the middle and through the hole. Fuck that.
0: We're all going to play slow today. I, I know people you do are little shit like that. I know people are scared to death about the uh, about having a stadium that's different because of like the Coors Field effect. And I know that's elevation as opposed to I mean, I, the dimensions are unique in some ways, too. But I know that's mostly an elevation thing. But, you know, people have convinced themselves that it's it's much harder to build a team in that environment or it's harder to build a team in a unique environment, whatever it might be. Dude, if I owned a team and I was a billionaire and was looking to build a new stadium, I would make it like half. It's an entertainment product, half entertainment product, half art installation, half uh, half. or I guess that's one hundred and fifty percent. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Part baseball stadium like think about th- this was a bad example of this. But think about the level of conversation that was generated about the Marlins stadium. When the when the home run sculpture Your home run existed derby, yeah. versus now. <laughs> no, I, I, I never, ever think about the Marlins stadium now. And maybe it was sometimes I was thinking about it through laughter before. But like that was a thing and it was kind of funny and it was specific to their ballpark and it was kind of carnival ish. And now it's just well, a stadium I, without really any personality because nobody hits it to that glass thing like Stanton used to do. Like, that's it. I want to see a, I want to see a mashup stadium. Of all the shit like give me give me
1: the fucking monster in left give me towels hill in center give me the Clemente wall in right with the fucking pool in right center from Arizona and maybe a fucking live ray tank behind home plate as well. Give me the polo ground dimensions with all of that as well. Like just give me a
5: a complete mashup of all the yards that would look sick. I'm here for that.
4: That was one of my favorite things to do in MVP baseball was build like the custom park. Just do one. Well, you know, you can do it. that now in the show, right? Yeah. I don't play the show. I, I, I should, uh, but like, I don't have a gaming console. No one, like has. Like, I've asked people to like send me one. Oh yeah. No one's, yeah. No one's ever fucking send me one. Oh,
1: that's a shame. <laughs> you should make that. You should, you should make better <laughs> friends then.
4: Nobody will send me a gaming console.
3: Nothing I can do, bro. <laughs> I've asked. No one will send me one. No one will just. Send I don't know Joey, what to do.
1: <laughs> Joey, are you are you aware of the facts, Joseph? No, I'm not. Are, are you aware that I sent this man a PlayStation fucking six years ago? Six years ago, Joe. We have played. Hold on. Let's do it this way. I sent him a PlayStation about six years ago. Take a guess
5: at how many games we've played together. I bet Jared got
3: in there for one.
5: Yeah, I you get you thing. get three guesses. The first two don't count. Go. Two games. None games. None games.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a fucking broken ass PlayStation. No. no. <laughs> Jared's probably the pissed. The like n- I
3: thought the games came with this. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 you gotta download most, something? Most,
1: most sleek design available at the time. No. Shit was
4: busted, whack ass PlayStation. Yeah. Bro,
1: just like his game. You should have seen him, Joey, trying to play Home Run Derby at the Easton Pop Up event. It bro, was like, bro, it was I like you handed a, a fucking coconut and he tried uh, to open it with his feet. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop it!
4: <laughs> oh, oh, oh! He fucking he wasn't really good at the video game the first time he played it. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah me, I just, it's
1: just this home run derby give oh. me a give me a game where i can play like i'm the right fielder and i'm just tracking balls in the gap that's my fucking speed yeah, i can do that's,
4: that that's not the chirp you think it is <laughs> like of course i'm not gonna be good at a video game the first time i fucking play it loser outrageous outrageous um speaking of people sending me stuff if anyone wants to send me blue moon you can i would actually love that <clears throat> because some beers Can say that they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together, and no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Chorus Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. Speaking of uh, Chorus Field, I was drinking some uh, Blue Moons while I was watching the uh, Mexico City series between the Padres and the Giants talking about high elevation here. We were drinking some blue moons, watching that, all the offense, Tatis, Bogarts, Machado, Soto, all homering in the same game for the same team. Are you kidding me? The only thing that could have made that moment better was if you were drinking a blue moon while you were watching it. And I was, with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a a one-of-a-kind beer experience. Perfect for the spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's a one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket (laughs) to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado Ale.
1: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.
4: Is on the way back. He uh here's his line. Pitched on Friday for uh, against the rubber ducks. He pitched for the the, b- the, binging, the Binghamton Rumble ponies. The, yeah. Pitched the, against the Akron, Akron. A- Rubber Akron. Ducks. <laughs> he uh, that's where LeBron's from. Four and two thirds, two hits, zero earned runs, just one walk and six strikeouts for Justin Verlander, who looked very good uh, in his first rehab start. Uh, the Mets. The Mets are going to be very happy. The Mets fan, I mean, imagine that you have an offseason where you sign a first ballot Hall of Famer who is the reigning Cy Young winner and you haven't seen him yet. The fifteen and twelve Mets they're chasing down the Atlanta Braves, Joe, are you afraid of the New York Mets being up your ass and then adding Justin Verlander? He hasn't even pitched a fucking inning for them yet, and they're only three games behind you I wouldn't say that's being up our ass
3: three games I mean you got three games be is up your ass it's in May by three games up and May first is like pretty sizable. I mean that's a commanding lead at this point in the season um. Mm-hmm. The Mets are a good team. So, yeah, you got to be cautious of the Mets. I don't think. To me, it feels, man, and this is just a feel like since what happened to the Mets last year, losing to the Braves, getting swept and getting the division stolen from you. They, I, think they're, I think they have the uh, defeatist mindset. The Braves fans, Braves team, they're not the ones who should be scared or worried.
5: That's kind of the Mets mindset. Obviously, DeGrom, not DeGrom. Verlander helps. Um,
3: I also be nervous about Verlander too. I mean, we're talking injuries. We're talking old guys. The Mets are relying heavily on two very old guys. The Braves are relying on a shit ton of guys who aren't even married yet because they're young as fuck and they don't need families and they all they care about is hitting bombs and throwing fastballs. I'm not really scared of the Mets. No, they got lucky. Shit, it rained. <laughs> Shit, it rained. It yeah. rained. They, you know, we beat them in five innings. That's embarrassing for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Big two games coming up this afternoon. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I don't, I don't. Verlander doesn't really scare me. I don't know about what you guys would think. Who would you rather have, Verlander and Scherzer this season, or Max Fried and Spencer Strider? I
4: saw you put that poll out, and I, I thought it was pretty obvious. Only it's not a talent thing. It's a well, I guess in fairness, uh, Max Fried and Spencer Strider have had their injury issues as well. Um, But I think if you're going to ask me would I it it really comes down to. Who's going to hold up better. So I would take Spencer Strider and. Max Freed over Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer in 2023. Do you guys feel different? Well, well, what about 2024?
1: Well, yeah, no, I, I, think it's, I think it's an easy conversation to have frankly moving
5: forward. Give me the youth.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but I mean this season alone, you have one season to win a championship. Who do you want one and two?
4: Well, Based on that's- how these other guys have pitched in the fucking postseason, like Max Scherzer, people forget he's a, uh, 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 Max Freed. He's a fucking dog in the playoffs.
5: Yeah, I have no problem taking Max Freed and Spencer
4: Strider. Yeah, that's an easy one, Jay.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I I don't feel passionately about it in either direction. I'd be really happy with either. I think what's interesting about it is that, like in my head, I'm kind of canceling Strider and Verlander out. And my initial reaction is that, well, of course I'm going to take the Mets, guys. It's Max fucking and Scherzer. And Ma-. But like, I'm not, I'm not convinced or confident in the fact that Max Scherzer is a better pitcher than Max Freed at this point. So um, kind of a 50-50 situation for me. But I'm surprised that I'm saying that, I think is my point, because I would not have had Max Freed and Max Scherzer on the same team Level entering this season, yeah, yeah. Max Scherzer to start the year for the Mets.
4: He's made four starts, nineteen and a third innings, uh, seventeen strikeouts. Um, the FIP, ooh, gross. His his ERA is three seventy two. The FIP is five seventy one. Ooh, and he was cheating. Yeah, and he's serving hard time right now for infractions against uh, the baseball community. That is crimes against Rob Manfred. Unforgivable. Un- when is he due to come back? It's been 10 days. I feel like it's been close to 10 days now. Who? Scherzer?
5: Mm, close.
4: Yeah, probably like day seven or eight right
5: now. Oh, man. Well, hang with him.
4: Uh, Speaking of injuries, though, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge with the hip injury, they haven't officially placed him on the injured list, right? They're still deciding whether or not it's bad enough to, to put. Yeah, okay. I don't know. The Yankees and injuries, man, they don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. How many times have they said it's not a big deal? And then we didn't see the guy for like 18 months. So.
1: Well, what happened with fucking Severino? It was a shoulder, then it was a tricep, then it was
4: like a lat fell off. Yeah, Severino is one of the more fascinating conversations in baseball history. A dude that was so electric and just so forgotten because he has not been able to stay healthy in the last five fucking years. Like anytime that you, like Yankee fans, are hyping up at the beginning of the year, like, yeah, well, we got this guy and that guy and Severino. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. (laughs) Well, he's not even hurt yet. Well, he's going to be. He'll be here before you can even. Like, It's crazy. And I don't know. I, I'm, I consider myself a Severino fan. I love watching him <laughs> pitch when he's healthy. I, I do. I genuinely enjoy watching him pitch. But like, I don't remember the last time that I sat down and watched Severino start a baseball game and was like locked in. Like 2019, probably. I probably the last while. time that I sat down to watch that dude pitch and was like, fuck, yeah, Severino is back. No, nope. yeah, he's back, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I get it though, man.
3: Uh, I do the same shit with Soroka. This is the year. Soroka is on his way. And this year might actually be the year. Everything with Soroka. <laughs> Soroka is an fu- interesting guy. I mean, the guy tore his meniscus, not as Achilles, was going to be back, you know, a couple months later. He's going to start pitching. He just walks around, tears his Achilles again, walking around normal. A year after that, comes back. I think he got Tommy John or something, hurt his shoulder, hurt his elbow, hurt again. Now he's pitching again this in the minor leagues and he's dominating. And then there's three rainouts, and it's like, oh, God, Soroka's coming back. Just one more. He's lined up. There's rainouts. It looks like Soroka's coming back. And then he gives up 12 runs in the minor leagues. And everyone's like, all right, maybe not. <laughs> it's like, you get so fucking close. And I feel the Yankees fans on this because they've had more injuries than anybody. To have a guy like this just teasing eh, you like, oh, when we Red have... Red Sox have had a well, lot of
4: injuries as well.
3: Well, I mean, the Red... They I have. mean, if you... Red Sox being the, the Red Sox every year.
4: By the way, by the way, Red Sox and Yankees have the same record. People don't want to talk about that. That's a narrative that people are just shoving under the rug. But entering play today on May 1st, the Red Sox and the Yankees have the same record. And the Red Sox have also had a ton of injuries as well. You didn't have Trevor Story before the season started. Uh, you've got fucking Adam Duvall who is mashing. He's probably Adam Duvall was leading the majors in F war when he got hurt. And Joe, you know how much of an impact player Adam Duvall can be. And we're down that guy right
3: now. He gets hot. He'll hit a hundred bombs in three days. Mm -hmm. And Yu Chang, you down. Yu Chang?
5: Yep. Lost Yu Chang. Yep. Sucks. Garrett Whitlock now.
4: No one wants to talk at James Paxton.
0: You are absolutely correct. Nobody wants to talk about this.
4: No one wants to talk about how the Red Sox are a potential first place team without these injuries.
0: (laughs) Isn't James Paxton was signed injured, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Well, I just, but I'm just saying yeah, no, that, that doesn't, tie, that doesn't mean that we don't want to sneak up him, No, no,
4: no. That doesn't mean that he that he that we signed. <laughs> apply, yeah, he was hurt when he got signed here. But like, that doesn't mean that he's not fucking hurt and that we're dealing with the injury.
1: Right? Yeah, Jay, <laughs> Jay. Look, when when you when you take away all of the injuries, right, and and you put those people in a position of great health and really you take away just like the majority of the losses and turn those into wins. This is a completely different looking team, completely different team, and they're in a completely different position in the standings.
4: So, it's
5: probably just still a matter be, of how still you're behind the Rays though.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laugh it up, you little chuckle fucks. A is the worst team. <laughs> a is the fucking worst team. The Red Sox just wiped their ass with the Guardian. Yeah. it up.
0: It do, that doesn't hurt me. You know that yeah. doesn't hurt you me. Oh, you hey, i hey, guess what? Joe's I'm not, already dead. You can't hurt me. <laughs> notice how
4: Joe's not laughing because he actually knows what it feels like to win? He's a winner. We're both uh, in the winner's circle right now. Yeah. You guys are a bunch of. Yeah, it looks
3: like it. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah, it's not easy. It looks easy to be up here, but it's not easy always. You got a bunch of mm-hmm. fucking assholes want to talk shit, come at your neck. Oh,
5: man, Ferlander's sure coming back. Are you scared?
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, dude. Look, as it sits right now, my team's got the second most wins in baseball. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm fine. I feel fine. Yeah, whatever, dude. Nothing going on here. First place team. I'm fine. That's a clown question,
4: bro. It is.
5: Uh,
4: the, but I'm just saying, if, if Aaron Judge, uh, the hip is no joke. Uh the hip still Aaron lie. Judge has to miss any amount of time, I think we saw last year, the Yankees are not shit <laughs> without Aaron Judge. They're just not. Yeah, they haven't been shit also, even with Aaron Judge. That's right.
3: also a version of Aaron Judge <clears throat> that is probably better than any Aaron Judge, not being a jerk to Aaron Judge, but that was one of the best seasons we've ever seen and they relied yeah. on them that heavily. If you have no, zero Aaron Judge, they might not make the playoffs.
1: Well, yeah, I, offensively, I don't think it's a stretch to say that that was the best single season <laughs> ever produced, right? I mean, that is what it is. So, yeah, you put that kind of year on anybody's team, they're going to miss that dude for sure.
2: But now <laughs> that tired. that team
1: was, <laughs> was postseason bound – and it was because of what they got. Oh, you just had the single best offensive performance ever in the history of baseball, Everdom. And now that's not
0: going to be like that guy's hurt right now. Yeah, but But to be real though, Dan Zaborski on FanGraphs does an article every year where he looks at like whose loss would most impact his team's playoff odds if they were to go down for an extended period of time. And like sometimes it's obvious, and sometimes it's you know. It, it reveals a lot. Like one year, I think it was Luis, like Luis Robert was fourth or fifth on the list for the white Sox because, you know, his potential impact was so high and the depth behind him was so bad, but like given the Yankees lack of depth that you guys have hit on the lack of overall talent that surrounds Aaron judge. Now how good he is and the position that they hold in the division where they are, they may be on paper worse than at least two teams in the division that they're already fighting against. Like it's not a, exaggeration to say that like losing Aaron Judge could be the single most devastating single player loss for any team in baseball this season. Um if he's out for a month or two or something like that.
5: No, that that is easily stated. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think you can overstate how big of a blow this is
1: to the New York Yankees, especially especially entering May as a last place team. Dead last. Dead last. There's no other. There's not a sixth team in the division. Mm-mm.
5: Mm-mm.
3: <laughs> is it too yeah. early to start looking at the wild card right now? Is the, is the AL at least have five teams in?
4: Yeah, pretty much.
3: Yeah, let's go. Because the Red
4: Sox and Yankees have the same record, and I know the Red Sox have a wild card spot. So every team in the East is a playoff team right now.
1: Well, well, as it sits right now, you do have. I believe you got the Halos to contend with, right? No. Yeah.
5: Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. You, I, I believe mean, all three teams have the exact same record
0: they, the Red the Fang- Sox,
1: the Angels, and the Yankees.
0: No. Fangraphs currently has the Yankees at 68% no, right. to make the playoffs, and 57% of that is accounted for with the wild card. They only have an 11.7% chance of winning the division at this point per Fangraphs. So their path has already narrowed from where it was to start the season, and that's with that's. With or without Aaron Judge.
4: Red Sox and Yankees are a half game back of the third wild card spot. The Orioles are four games up. The Jays are three. The Astros have the last spot. And then the Red Sox, Yankees, and Angels are in a three-way tie for that <laughs> last wild card well, spot. Wow.
1: How does that? I mean, just just let me can I gather some perspective from you, Jared? Here? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because we have shat all over the New York Yankees. Uh, we've
4: no, talked I mean, about how the... Thing, e- I think we just, we just talked about facts. We didn't say anything. We didn't really attach any opinion what? there.
0: It was just Yeah, that was not vitriolic. That was sober. Factual? Yeah. Okay. Was just- all right, well, so the... <laughs>
1: The jarring facts, the jarring factual reality surrounding the New York Yankees and the jarring factual reality surrounding the Anaheim Angels leads me to wonder what is the jarring reality of the Red Sox if they are smack dab in the middle of these two teams who are really the butt of jokes at times.
4: The Red Sox were never expected to make the playoffs or be there. So the fact that they're in the mix for one is like that's a good thing. Our bar was so low, like we I think we're on pace for 84 wins. And that's pretty much exactly what everyone thought that they would. They would be (laughs) like a mediocre 500 team that would have a winning record. So like that's pretty much 84 to 86 wins. And that's right where they're on pace for.
1: Was that Heim's thought coming into this season?
4: Pretty much, yeah. When you don't go over when you're the Red Sox and you don't go over the luxury tax, like you're not going for it. Yeah, dude. the Red Sox, Sox goal so- is like the World Series for the Red Sox this year.
3: Sneak into the wild card, get hot, and get like a nice viral yeah. song going on, like Joe. some cool a- dance celebration. Everyone's yeah. Red Sox, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're
2: back, baby. <laughs> Love this I mean, Maybe, you're, these guys maybe Aaron Judge can
0: point. <laughs> Have some stupid security guard flip over, flip over oh, the uh, yeah. bullpen. Uh huh. <laughs> You know how but,
4: weird it is to make fun of the team that's won more championships than any other organization since two thousand four. Is that that's like, a weird, that's like a weird thing to do? You know, dude, that's not even a bad
3: thing. I was saying it like, how sick would that be? Your squad gets a viral song, viral dance. Like, you guys are <laughs> we everyone loves the viral Red Sox. Socks. That's what I am saying. Yeah. It Happens all the time, dude. You guys yeah. got to play these shits. You guys are ready. You guys are primed for a nice, fun moment. Bathroom. Like, you know, I am not going to
4: consider the season a failure. If this is so plans. gross. Like, I'm just-
1: A once proud franchise basking
4: in the glow of mediocrity. That is so I'm, we're not basking in it. We're just oh, kind of like how far. We, we just come. don't want to suck. That's all. This
1: is exactly what we thought we would be. This is who we thought we are. This is what we do. This is what well, did Heim think that way? Yeah, he knew we were going to be average. This is kind of how we do it now. 84
5: yes. to 86. This is possible, baseball baby. This is no. Wheelhouse. This is not
4: how we do it now. This is how we how we're doing it this uh, year. They're getting under the luxury tax. That's what that's no. what it looks like when you get under the luxury tax. You would well, know is, that. Is that so you're that's you're just
1: to exercise that they've done just this year.
4: Um. No, we did that in 2020, and then we got the first round fucking pick and the fourth pick, and got Marcel Meyer and jumped from the thirtieth farm system to the tenth.
1: But the big league impact?
4: Yeah, just wait until all these motherfuckers start coming uh, just up. Just wait and see. Just wait till next year. No, not wait till next year. <laughs> just trust the process.
5: <laughs> oh, that's, that,
1: that's just not the battle cry that I'm so used to hearing from Boston Red Sox fan. That's right, trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Trust the process. <laughs>
5: that's right just believe in heim
1: 84
5: to 86 are bust Mm. it's just it's just
1: different than what i'm used to that's all i'm saying i'm not saying it's good bad or indifferent it's just different than what
5: i'm used to here that's all sure
4: that's all for that but you know you just have to have a basic line of understanding of how baseball works and then you'll get it but
5: dallas is lashing out because but I told you I got nothing to lash
1: out at. I mean, first place teams don't necessarily we don't punch down, dear. That's just not a you know you don't kick
4: a sleeping dog. However, you want to phrase uh, it. This is the this is the third organization that Dallas has had to jump to, just to have any sort of sense of semblance of winning.
5: No, no, I've I've always been a diehard dedicated fan. Mm-hmm. All right, any final thoughts here, Joseph? Uh, final thoughts. I had a final thought. Yeah, what is it?
0: I totally fucking forget. You want me to give you a second while you think about it? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Give me your final thought.
0: My final thought. I want to know what the collective level of concern is on Blake Snell. He goes tonight um, at home against the Reds. uh, Limited slate tonight, but I do think... Him pitching is one of the most interesting things that's happening tonight. They're, they're supposed to be a contender. Their pitching staff is maybe one of the questions that people had um, entering the year. He was not supposed to be one of the questions. Dallas is a former pitcher. Primarily, I want to get your thoughts on some of these stats, uh, if you don't mind, off the cuff. Uh, yep. Fourth worst first pitch strike rate in Major League Baseball right now. These are among starting That is, not, that is not good. The best pitch in baseball is strike one. Uh, related to that. Third worst rate of pitches in the zone overall at 41.2% of his pitches are in the zone. Uh, that is not in line with his previous career, even though Snell is not always the guy who pounds the strike zone. Fifth highest walk rate at 16.5%. So these are obviously all interrelated. Can I, yeah, let's play,
1: let's play a game. Let's play a game. Let me stop you there because I know you've got great numbers, but let me ask you these questions now. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: <clears throat> Z contact, highest it's ever been. Stand by, please. Um, and again, I don't know any of these numbers.
0: I'm just uh, asking it's, questions. No, it's kind of—it's pretty much in line with his uh, career average, like almost exactly, actually. Um, what about uh, what about O contact? Uh, a little bit below, like better than what his career mark yeah. is. So, like, that's what's interesting to me is there's still like his swing and miss is still pretty much intact. Huh. His overall whiff rate is the same. His strikeout rate is still there, but like the throwing strikes, the throwing the ball in the zone, Mm -hmm. like doesn't seem to be there. Um, The other thing I'll throw at you, like, for example, his first pitch, here's some context. His first pitch strike rate is 49.5%. It was just under 65% last year, and his career mark is 59. So it's not even close to what he's previously done in his career couple of pitch specific things too batters are hitting 404 off his four seamer which is being thrown 1.3 miles per hour slower than it was on average last season and something is going on with the slider too because in terms of vertical movement we've gone from 35 point5 inches in 21 to 29 point nine last year to 24 point3 this year so he's lost 11 inches of vertical movement off well, of his slider in two seasons what What's the H break? What What's the H
1: break? Have, have we gained anything on on, on the H plane?
0: Have we gained anything on the H plane? We have on the slider, so it's gone from four point three to now. Nah, it's pretty. It's gone. It's it's diminished. If anything, it's not substantial, but it's diminished uh, in terms of inches of horizontal break. Um, because you got to think about what guys these days are. As we have seen,
1: the sweeper sweeping. Yeah. The nation, right? So the reason I ask that is: is there an effort to try to manipulate the movement? Is he trying to design something different and get away from a slider that has more vert, right? One that's more of a downer, as opposed to creating something that sweeps across the zone a little more, maybe away from right, or excuse me, away from the lefties more than just down, and really trying yeah. to get to that back foot with the H break, as opposed to throwing it
0: to the inside part and just trying to work it down. There could be something to the idea that he's trying to make it a tighter pitch overall, I think because in 21, <laughs> he threw at 86.5 miles per hour on average, his slider and both mm-hmm. this year and last year, it's at 88.9. So a 3.4, mm-hmm. sorry, 2.4 mile per hour increase. Um, so maybe he's just, maybe instead of a, uh, a longer slider with more break, it's a little bit of a tighter kind of like, Semi cutter sort of thing, maybe trying. Yeah, trying to tighten it up. <clears throat> All right.
2: Well,
1: yeah, the, the first, the first, and, no. and but but initially, yeah, initially the first pitch strike rate, like that's just that's those are that's an egregious gap. Would you say forty two percent to from sixty four? Forty nine
0: point five percent from uh, like two thirds of the time he was at sixty. Sorry, he was at sixty four percent last year and forty nine percent this year. So. And he's been as high as 68 in his career. Wow. 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 So let me. feels mechanical, right? Like,
1: well, maybe look at, look at this, dude. Look at all these numbers. This is, this is not good. Yeah. First pitch strike rate, 50%. Average, 61%. When I say average, these are all big league average for starting pitchers in 2023. All right. One of first two pitches for strikes. 79% 79% for sale. Big league average, 85%. Two of the first three for strikes, 50% for Snell. 64% is the big league average. 01 counts, turning to 02 counts. 37% for Snell. Big league average,
5: 51%. Converting the most important count in baseball, 1-1 to 1-2, 47% for Snell. Big league average, Strike percentage
1: with fastballs or cutters, 58%. Big league average, 65%. Off-speed percentage strikes, 50% 50 for Snell, 62% big league average. Two-strike plate appearances becoming outs, 68% for Snell. On average, 74% of those two-strike plate appearances become outs at the big league level. He is quite literally doing everything on a report card basis from A to F everything I just gave you grades out as an
0: F, not a D, not a C as an F. It it feels like a guy that this is, a, we can move on after this. I know that this was final thoughts, uh, but to me, that feels the amateur viewer in me, that feels like a guy who cannot throw a strike. Wh- even when he really needs to, like wh- if yeah. he gets the ball in the zone, the swing and miss is still intact. Like his stuff is still good. All that sort of stuff. But like, Doesn't matter whether it's one two or two oh, like if he really needs to buckle down and throw a strike, it's kind of like a fucking coin flip uh, right now.
1: And you could you Uh, could argue right now that he is on the verge of starting to veer into the realm where the O swing swings out of the zone starts to really go down where the contact in the zone starts to really go up. And that's not good. And that's why I even asked about contact out of the zone, too, because if there's if they're making contact out of the zone, what do those numbers look like? Because they're starting to expand their zone because they're not threatened by Blake Snell anymore. And that would become a major fucking problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Chase rated an all time low. All right. That's my fun. Thank you, Dallas. That's my final thought.
1: Yeah. But no, thank you. I love I love doing that because there's always avenues to go to right off the top of your brain when you hear things. There's just an association as to why the numbers are
5: what they are. So I love doing shit like that.
4: Anyone else? Final thoughts? Jake's takes. For the record, the Red Sox are in a great spot. (laughs) 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 They are. They got a winning record. They got a
5: winning record. And if anyone has a problem with that, they can fuck off. Okay. Hmm. So nice, warm, I, welcoming. I remember our Monday.
3: I remember my final thought. What is it? Phil? It's a prediction because oh, this, is, okay. Okay. this is pretty. Because this is the time of year, May. This is where we start seeing. You know, you can kind of create. You know, these divisions are going to start shaping up. You know, mm-hmm. the better teams are going to maybe break ahead. The worst teams might go to the bottom and it's going to be bigger, you know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm looking at the San Diego Padres, and I'm looking at Fernando Tatis Jr., and I think right now he's sitting at about a 700-something OPS. By this time next week, he'll be up about around 950. Mm. I think Tatis is about to go off. And also, uh by prediction, I love the Padres, but they got a series against the Reds, and then they play LA. So if they go off right here, these next six games for the Padres, Obviously not going to make or break your season in May, but could change a lot because that's by the end of these six games, it could be a completely different division.
4: Um, I have a final thought this time. I usually don't. But my final thought was that I put a tweet out there, I think on Friday. And I said, because we, we, we basically have had a line forming. We opened up the phone lines for A's fans first. Then we opened them up to White Sox fans. But there was one fan base that was like, please fucking open the lines. That fan base was the St. Louis Cardinals. (laughs) And I said, you guys are not in the same boat as the White Sox and A's. It is bad, bad for them. So here's the deal I will open up the phone lines for Cardinals fans only if they lose their series to the Dodgers this weekend, they got swept. <laughs> so the phone lines, Jake are now open for Cardinals fans and we will get to St. Louis Cardinal fan voicemails either on the Wednesday or the Thursday episode. I haven't decided yet. Probably Thursday. It's interesting Probably to like send us into the weekend. Um, but that we also get- gives the Cardinals some time to, to um right the ship i don't know well which is so, why
1: that feels just disingenuous I, I don't want the luster to wear off of the phone lines the cardinals fans are, I, I mean,
4: I mean it's bad dude like it's bad it's the cardinals are in, in are in a bad bad way and as a way they Wilson can very well just be a managerial kind of that decision away yeah they could and, be a and bob and they just were
3: fucking- they were just in la <laughs> and they saw it in act, they saw it live in person, they saw the coaching, they got swept by a better coaching staff, and they said, hey, maybe we take one of these guys.
4: The St. Louis Cardinals are 10 and 19, Dallas. It's not like, it's not like they're like, oh, they're three games under and like one good week could fix this. If they won out this week, they're still losing team. Like that's I, that's a bad spot to be in on May first.
0: I think this is a great example of just the just America going soft. And I didn't, I didn't think it happened to the heartland. I didn't think it happened to the west, but here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Clamor. You only have like, you only have like 40 or 50 straight years of success and, you know, a tough April. Yeah. It's like, open up the phone lines. It's like, you know, back in the day, they didn't even have, back, they didn't even have phone lines. That's what I was going to say, uh, Jay. Hey,
1: whatever happened to fucking eating your feelings like a real man? Huh? Whatever happened to just fucking bottling all of that emotion up? letting it eat away at you each and every day, letting it affect normal life decisions you should be making, completely unbiased and unrelated to your sporting life. Like, whatever happened to letting it control and dictate your emotion to an unhealthy and toxic level? Now we want to do fucking talk whenever, about it? Now we want do to you share feelings? He ran,
0: do you think whenever he ran into a little bit of adversity that Stan the man picked up a phone and cried oh, to his yeah. mama? No. Yeah, let me hash this out.
1: Hey, I need a safe space to talk about my emotions about the baseball game right
0: now. Yeah. Do you think tired? Do you think Whitey Ball was built on the back of voicemails? No, it wasn't. No. No. Anyway, that's my perspective. Feel free to call in. I'm going to mock Cardinals (laughs) fans, though, for doing it. Okay.
4: Jake, open up the phone lines for Cardinals fans. All right. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Check us out on YouTube, and uh, we'll see you for the, uh, the Wednesday episode.